Welcome to Next Steps, a podcast from Black Hawk Church in Madison, Wisconsin, where together we'll take next steps to grow in our relationship with Christ, to be formed into the kind of people He's created us to be, and to better love and serve those around us. Let's jump in. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Blackhawk Next Steps podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Veronica Hummel. I'm on staff with the Spiritual Formation team, and I'm joined by Michael Napstad, our college-age ministry pastor. That's, That's right. not your title. That's a, it's very close. Okay. College age pastor, pastor of college age ministries and internships. Whew, okay. That's yeah, it's everyone too long. really cares it's about too that long. title. You it know, is. <laughs> I just wanted to get it right. That's awesome. Hey, we've just honestly had such a great time uh, with this podcast and uh, we only have a few episodes left. So uh, it's been really great. And we thought today, you know, why don't we do something a little bit different at the front end of things? Today, we're talking about uh, what if I disagree with the Bible? If you, again, haven't listened to this past Sunday's message with Charles Yu, it was honestly a phenomenal message. Uh, I can't recommend it enough, but he talks about, obviously, what if I disagree with the Bible? And I thought, Veronica, it could be fun for us to uh, start the podcast uh, just so people can get to know us a little bit more. They've been listening to us uh, for a few weeks now by sharing like a fun fact or a story about you and the Bible that people might not know about. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so while you're thinking, uh, I'll share mine. Okay. So it's, okay. So when I was growing up, um, I grew up in a household that we didn't really go to church too much. Just, you know, when I was in the third grade, we went for about a year. And then when I was a sophomore in high school, we went for about a year. And uh, I remember when I was in the third grade, we went to uh, a church. It was a larger church in, uh, in uh, the state of Washington on the West Coast. And um, there, I have two brothers. I'm uh, the middle child. And then we had a ton of cousins. So um, my brothers and all my cousins, there were seven, seven of us total. We went to church for about a month or two. We went to um, the kids' ministry. And in the kids' ministry, uh, again, this was like the first time we'd ever gone to church. We didn't understand what church was. Uh, we didn't understand what kids' ministry was. But we got there, and on the first Sunday that we were there, they shared that they had this this kind of like, I don't know what to call it, like a, a program that they did that was ongoing that when kids came with uh, Bible verses that they had memorized, they would recite it to one of the leaders and then they would get what was called a Jericho buck, like a dollar. <laughs> it was like a Jericho buck. So you, you recite from memory a Bible verse, you get a Jericho buck. And then at the end of kind of the kids ministry of Sunday school, uh, you can go to their like Jericho store. Oh, Yeah. And you could buy candy or something, you know, like little toys. So like a one Jericho buck meant like, probably like one candy bar or something like that. Okay. So my cousins and my brothers, we just formed a tribe <laughs> and we thought like, okay, we are going to clean house for, uh, I think like a month or two, we memorized as much scripture as we could. And we saved up those Jericho bucks. And I'll never forget, um, after we just saved so many, like we had this thick wad of Jericho bucks. <laughs> I came to the front uh, counter and poor, poor kids ministry volunteers. She's like, okay, what would you like? I slammed the <laughs> wad of Jericho bucks on the counter and I said, we want everything. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what did you guys like print these off and stuff? I'm like, no, we've been memorizing. 
<laughs> Please uh, rattle off one verse from that you memorized in third grade. And that's the thing. Like, none <laughs> of us retained any of it. We just Shocking. wanted all the candy we can get. <laughs> Do you remember what candy bar you were most excited to eat? Oh, man. I, I think I was just like a Snickers guy, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah, just... Just let's not get too fancy. Yeah. You know, I mean, Snickers is a classic. Yeah. So, so how okay. about you? Do you have a story? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, so I did struggle to come up with one for a little bit. I was trying to think. And um, as we were talking about this, I, I came up with several for my husband and not mm. necessarily for me. So I don't know what, that's, <laughs> what that says about him. Um, but I did finally think of one. So I didn't, we, we've talked about, I didn't grow up in the church, right? So I didn't really know a lot about like Bible stories. I kind of knew the basics, you know, I like had seen some things about Noah's Ark, whatever. Um, but when I was in high school, I had a family that I used to babysit for pretty regularly. Every Tuesday night, I would go over there and babysit for these kids. And um, it's funny, like looking back, because they're probably the ages that my kids are now. And they always wanted to watch these videos of like motorcycles. And I was like, please don't make me watch this. It was called There Goes a Motorcycle. And I was like, please don't make me watch There Goes a Motorcycle again. And that's a little bit how I feel like in my house right now. Um, so I would beg them occasionally to like, let me watch like VeggieTales with them because <laughs> it was like something new and different. And so I watched a number of VeggieTales videos with them there. And to this day, I cannot think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego without immediately thinking about Rackshack and Benny in my head. Like I just can't, <laughs> it's almost impossible. Like some people will reference, like I had to think so hard to say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego first, because in my head, they're just Rackshack and Benny. I can't do it. I love that. So I uh, made the decision to follow Jesus when I was a junior in high school. So we just barely went to church uh, growing up. Um, And when I was just like in the youth group kind of culture, learning new things, people would talk about veggie tales. And I Mm -hmm. said, what's a veggie tale? (laughs) (laughs) And they shared with me, oh, you know, it's like this tomato and cucumber that sings songs and talks about Jesus. And I remember thinking like, what on earth? And I I asked, did it work? (laughs) Oh, anyways, the Bible. We should probably get back to, yeah, let's talk about. Let's hope Charles doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I love that. All right. So like you said, um, if you haven't listened to Charles' sermon, please go back. It was such a good, we say that every time, but it really was so good. And um, really, he just spent a lot of time talking about the reality that if we are reading scripture and taking it seriously, we will run into some spots where we disagree with it. Um, We're at a different culture than it was written. We're in different times. We're in different situations. There's a lot going on. Um, And that it just happens. We'll run into those spaces. So to get us kicked off, get us warmed up for this. I mean, we already did our little bit of warm up, but to get to the real topic at hand, I thought it'd be cool for us to share about, um, like the first major time that we really ran into something that we sort of like wrestled with and, um, kind of what that process looked like. Yeah, man, I, I guess, you know, I already framed kind of my, uh, history when it comes to following Jesus, but I'll share. So, when I was a junior in high school, like I said, during the whole Veggie Tail, <laughs> you know, kind of deconstruction <laughs> or whatever <laughs> you want to call deconstruction. it. Veggie Tail deconstruction. So it's interesting. So I grew up in a family that um, my my grandmother. I'm I'm probably a follower of Jesus because of my grandmother. My grandmother 
She was kind of like the spiritual matriarch of our family. Uh, she would uh, talk to us about Jesus, read us Bible stories when we were kids. And uh, my parents, you know, they, uh, you know, again, they would bring us to church and everything. But it, my grandma was just so strong. And, and my mom, honestly, she would, you know, really teach us about the Bible too. My dad too. But it was really the women uh, in my family that kind of gave me this this foundation for what is the Bible? What does it mean? Who is Jesus? What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? So I kind of had all of that framework before I made the decision to follow Jesus on my own. So with that, I, you know, I went to a church when I was in a junior in high school and to a senior in high school, and I quickly learned that that church uh, was uh, bended kind of complementarian uh, instead of egalitarian. And those are big, big words in the kind of theology world. And, you know, Basically, I'm going to overgeneralize right now, but complementarian, that's typically like, hey, man and w- men and women, they're created in a way where they complement each other, and the Bible will, will share and show what that complement uh, can look like. And in that, typically, women can't teach men. You know, there's uh, different... The, there's passages that will kind of suggest that, and Paul really, in his letter to Timothy, outright says that. And, um, and then you have egalitarian where, you know, men and women are created equally, but different. And, you know, in, in different contexts, women can teach men and men can teach women. Well, I remember, uh, learning in that church, they were sharing that like women can't teach men about the Bible. And my first reaction was like, you have not been a part of my family. <laughs> I kind of laughed and I thought it was a joke. Yeah. But then I learned that, you know, uh, that it was serious. And I, and I don't want to say this is a joke for any listeners right now who hold a complimentarian view. Uh, not at all. There are so many, like amazing, brilliant people who fall under complementarian, egalitarian, somewhere in between. I think it's a it's an important conversation for us to have as we navigate, okay, what does the Bible mean? But when I was younger, I really started wrestling with the Bible. I thought, well, if the Bible says this, then what does it mean that my grandmother and my mother taught me about Jesus and mm. taught me about the Bible? Were they sinning? Were they doing something wrong? I... I really, really, really wrestled with it. My instinct was that, man, women can teach men because that was my that was my story. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I I had a posture where I had open hands. I thought like, hey, I, I think I disagree with this part of the Bible, but also like I want the Bible to be my roadmap. So I went to I ended up going to seminary, and I was really curious about this this topic. So I, you know, I took Greek for a year, learned how to kind of read and write Greek. And then I took an exegetical methods class. Basically, that's like, how do you exegete? Like what methods to use to exegete or to, to kind of like look at what scripture says in Mm -hmm. Greek. And then after that, you get to take any kind of book uh, that was available for the next class uh, and just study contextually what the languages uh, say. And I took uh, an epistles class and I'm using a lot of big Christian words right now. You but are, man. You're pulling all I of them. I know. Out. Jeez. Yeah, but epistles really like the bend towards this class. And it was kind of marketed this way. Like we are going to look at Paul's letters and we are going to really look at like why he wrote what he wrote when it came to women not being able to teach men. Hmm. Um, and so long story long, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> um, you know, I came to a place where I thought like, hey, this tension 
is is okay. People can fall. Uh, Bible-believing people can fall um, in a lot of different areas on what this looks like. But for me, I feel contextually that Paul was really kind of speaking to a certain certain church or certain group of women and addressing kind of a situation. And for me, like I, that was my reconstruction as mm-hmm. I deconstructed and then reconstructed. And now I'm at a place where like I love it when like women teach and when I can learn from from women. So, yeah. Good. Otherwise, uh, you'd have to kick me off this podcast. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> make true. things a little, little, a little awkward. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think what you said too is really important of just like kind of that leaning in and um, examining things and that we, we do, we've got, I mean, we have um, women pastors at Blackhawk and we have women teaching from the platform. Um, but we also know that there are people in our congregation that fall kind of all along that spectrum between egalitarian and egalitarianism and complementarianism Mm -hmm. and that have different views on women in leadership. And, um, I think just the, the grace that there is there that we all kind of fall in different places and these things, and they're not really, you know, kind of black and white or cut and dry. And to really approach those topics with open hands is really important. Yeah. And the reality that we can link arms and follow Jesus together and it's okay to disagree, but to be kind and thoughtful as we disagree and be able to hold the tension of, Hey, we might not, approach the Bible or think that the Bible means X, Y, and Z together, Mm -hmm. like the the same thing, but we can still be family. And when I think about my family, man, we disagree on a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, we're family and we love each other. And man, when the church embodies that type of a mindset, I just think that it's, it's the reality of where we're at and it's healthy when we can move towards that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, not to brag on, uh, Blackhawk Bible study too much, but, um, I really love, I think that's, uh, that happens a lot in Blackhawk Bible studies. we like take these deep dives into books of the Bible and, um, you know, we have people that come to Blackhawk Bible study that are either new to Blackhawk or they, some people don't even attend Blackhawk on Sundays, but they come to our Bible study and, um, you're with the same group of people for the whole academic year and you're doing these deep dives into books and inevitably we get to these places where we disagree with each other or where we disagree with the Bible and to have the ability to like walk through that in community is really, really lovely. So, yeah, I love it. Sorry, I took a little little segue there, but... No, that's a, I think that's a great segue. So, okay, so I just talked about, you know, women in leadership. Yeah. Do you have anything that you just kind of deconstructed at an earlier age when it came to the Bible, Veronica? Yeah, I think mine was uh, really, uh, I mean, sort of generally around the topic of science and faith, but I think more specifically around like the concept of evolution. Um, And I grew up in, you know, public school, taking, taking science classes and things like that. And by the time I got to uh, my senior year of high school, when I came to Christ and became a follower of Jesus, uh, I really had to reconcile kind of this whole uh, narrative of science that I had learned my entire life. And at the time, I didn't really have a church that I would like a church home that I was going to. Um, So it was my last year of high school. And I didn't really I just didn't really know where to go and joined a church when I was in college. And, um, you know, I ran across a lot of different people with a lot of different theologies. And so trying to kind of square what I had learned from science uh, my entire life up, up until that point, you know, at my old, old age of 18, um, <laughs> trying to square that with um, some concepts of the, uh, the- theology around like um, 
that evolution doesn't exist or that um, the creation narrative is a literal seven days or, I mean, I guess it's six days with the seventh day of rest. Um, and then, or just the, the compressed timeline. And I think that was, it just never seemed satisfying to me. So then I had to come to, uh, I had to search for those answers of like, can these two things coexist? Do I have to say no to Jesus because of what I've learned from science my entire life, or can I find a way for them to coexist? And then also like, does that, does the finding a way feel comfortable and does it make sense? Does it feel like it holds water? Not like I'm trying to shoehorn my cultural beliefs into this thing called Christianity to try to make it fit uh, what I want it to. Um, So I think I really kind of had to approach that with um, some open-mindedness and open hands to say like, okay, am I willing to be wrong? Am I willing to test my hypothesis of like, I believe this science stuff is right, but what if I'm wrong? Can I read it a different way? And then ultimately came to where I've landed now um, that like similar to what we talked about a couple weeks ago, science and faith can totally coexist. And a lot of the, there's, there's not really conflict there. Um, But it, it took me a little bit of a little while to work that out. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. These are, these are, this is good. And I know that if we had like a three hour long podcast, which that's too much. No one, no, <laughs> no one, one wants will, that. It'll stop. But there's, you know, other areas that we can talk about when it comes to the Bible that we had this kind of construct uh, belief. And then we went through some kind of deconstruction yeah. for the pursuit of truth. Like we want to, we want to believe what's true. Mm-hmm. And then, it, it, and with that, Jesus says that he is the way he's the truth. He is a life. Like if he is true and he created things that are, that are true, like truth welcomes questions. It wants to be found. Yeah. And so we can in community like deconstruct, but then hopefully reconstruct in a way that, you know, right now, at least in these two topics that we talked about, we feel pretty good about, you know, yeah. we've reconstructed, we've done a lot of mm-hmm. hard work. Um, and in a way like this kind of, we've made this ideology or this theology, our own, we've embodied it. And it's kind of like a part of who we are. Yeah. And that happens when you reconstruct. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that, you know, both of us are sharing that we came from an unchurched background or mm-hmm. relatively unchurched background. Um, I think that's just really interesting. And, but I know that a lot of people listening, that probably isn't the case for some people, I'm sure, for other people, um, maybe not. And with that, like, that could bring, like, if you grew up in a church background, that can bring all sorts of other different types of deconstructions or reconstructions that you could go through. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've talked to friends that grew up in the church and um, grew up believing something and then found out later in life, like, oh, not all Christians believe this particular Mm -hmm. theology or this particular idea. And um, I think for some of them, it's been really hard to wrestle with that. Like, I think um, there was a little bit of like, we're the were the people I, that raised me up in this lying to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, first of all, we probably have to give some grace to those people too. Yeah. Like they had their reading and their their particular bent. But, um, but I think it can be hard to like uh, grow up be- truly believing something and having it as part of your identity and then feeling like that's been taken away from you yeah. or at least that there are other options out there that you didn't know about. Um, and to, like you said, kind of make your, make your faith your own, like lean into those spaces. And instead of just, um, saying, well, if there's disagreements or there's discrepancies, then it must all be wrong and mm-hmm. it must all be false to kind of really ask some more questions and be curious about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it reminds me of the disciples, honestly. Mm. So Jesus, I mean, he was, he, Jesus was, was a Jewish man. He was a rabbi, which is like what we would call a teacher nowadays. And when he gathered a group of, of people to follow him, his posture was that I'm going to teach you guys and you're my disciples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, probably the, the best translation that we would have would be students. And so this idea of like, if there's a student at UW-Madison or Madison, or Madison College, Edgewood, whatever, um, Middleton High, you know, I can list off a different, a bunch of different schools. Students are there to learn and their posture is like, man, I, I might get some things right, but, but I'm going to get a lot of things wrong. I'm going to be open to see what what my teacher is, is going to teach me. Yeah. And I might misunderstand things. I might think that they're saying X, Y, Z, but it's A, B, C. And, and to be okay with that. I mean, and look at the disciples. They they followed <laughs> Jesus for three years. And then when, when the going got tough, they scattered, they rebelled, they yeah. betrayed, all of these different things. But but they still had a heart to want to learn from their rabbi. And I wonder what it could look like if we lean more into this idea that we're disciples, modern day disciples, that we're students. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit here to help us. And we're thankful for that. We also have the the Bible here to help us. And, And what does it look like to be able to try to do a lot of work and try to see, okay, well, why, what is the Bible saying? Who, who are they saying it to? Like, what is the author saying it to? And how can we, how can we glean uh, different things uh, for us today? Man, to be a student in that frees us up to be able to make mistakes. It frees us up to say like, oh, I thought it was this, but it's actually this. And I think it really gets the heart at what, what Charles was talking about, how um, there are going to be different things because we're 21st century American Christians, if you're in America listening to this, um, and we're we're trying to make sense of the Bible, but it's not going to make sense because it's a relatively ancient text in ancient languages written to an ancient group people where we we have some information about, and so to give ourselves just the freedom to to learn, yeah, I think is important. And you know, I loved my seminary experience because. Uh, they were pretty adamant on uh, not teaching me what to think, but how to think. Mm-hmm. And at first, when I came to seminary, I'm like, just tell me what's right. Tell me what to believe. <laughs> like, I just, I'm young. I don't know. I'm here to learn. Why are you teaching me how to think and how to learn? Why are you yeah. giving me these tools? Just tell me what to memorize. But it's been so helpful because there's so many things, even today, that I'm like, I don't know about that, God. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to talk. And um, just to have that open posture, I think it's been super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I like the analogy of the disciples too, because we, um, like they had to do their own deconstruction, right? Like they had specific beliefs about the Jewish Messiah. And then Jesus came and he didn't fit those criteria that they thought he was going to fit. And they had to deconstruct their previous notions of what a Messiah was going to be and was going to look like in order to even accept Jesus and his sovereignty. So I think that's, I think that's just a really good example. Yeah. I like in our denomination, how Blackhawk Church's denomination, uh, where we have like this, this kind of posture of majoring in the majors 
in minoring in the minors. So, um, meaning there, there's some pretty big major things that, you know, we're, we're saying this is true. And like, yeah. I mean, you can definitely approach it with a posture of deconstructing and say, I don't understand this. Help me understand this and wrestle. But at the end of the day, when it comes to following Jesus, these are some pretty important things like the divinity of Jesus and, yeah. and the resurrection. Like these are pretty big things. Again, I've like deconstructed different things around a lot of the, the majors and um, and have reconstructed in different ways. But then there's like minors and we minor yeah. in the minors and it's like we're going to have a lot of questions about these small things. Not small, but things that typically aren't like major to to uh, salvation or faith in, and that's okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, we actually did a series on that a while back. When I looked in the archives, it was longer ago than I thought it was, but <laughs> it was in 2021. So we will um, put the link to that in the in the show notes. Oh, yeah, I think that it was, was a 10 week series um, called Rooted. So we'll put those links in the show notes. Yeah, and for I think that that went alongside com- the major things yes. of our of our denomination. So right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I like to think about this too when I'm um, parenting. Um, I. I think you can get so wrapped up in thinking about, like, I have to make sure I teach my kid everything, that they know all the things that I want them to know, that they have all the right beliefs, that they're not falling into any, you know, traps or listening to any, like, weirdos on YouTube or something. Um, But I think it, first of all, thinking about, like, at the end of the day, God is sovereign and cares for and loves my kids more than I do. Um, But really thinking about that same posture as, like, your seminary of teaching them how to think. Mm -hmm. And I, I want them to ask me questions about my faith and about their faith and about people around us that believe differently than we do, because I want them to work through that process themselves. And I want them to learn how to think critically and not just take my word for something, um, but to really internalize it and believe it for themselves. And I know that they won't be able to do that if they don't ask questions or push back at all. So in, you know, 10 years when they start doing that, remind me that I said this because (laughs) right now they're not asking any of those questions, but um, I know someday they will. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, in, on this idea of, uh, not of, uh, how do we think like teaching us how to think when you, when you have to, when you're confronted with the reality of, okay, I'm going to learn how to think, how do I, like, what do I think about the Bible? What is it, you know, what is truth in this? What is the cultural context? And when we're learning how to think, there's a lot of vulnerability there because if we get something wrong, it's on us. Yeah. If we like interpret something in the Bible culturally wrong or something like that, which we're going to, but still that's on us. It's mm-hmm. on me. And there's a sense of like, I'll just speak for myself, like a little bit of shame and mm. like a discouragement. Like, oh, if I got this wrong, then what else? Yeah. But when it's someone's just teaching me what to think, it's on them. Ah, that's a good point. It's on them. And then I can be like, wow, I can't believe X, Y, and Z told me that going back to the, you know, my, my original, uh, story, like that women can't teach men and man, I, you know, I, I don't like the church now and I'm going to deconstruct my relationship with the church and with the Bible. And, mm-hmm. you know, but when it's on me, like I'm trying to approach scripture and truth mm-hmm. in a way. And, and Jesus invites me, invites us to do that. Like, what do you think about me? Like Jesus says that to the disciples, like yeah. they said this about me. What do you think about me? That's an invitation to to have ownership mm-hmm. on our 
on our theology and our relationship with Jesus. And the beautiful thing about that, and Charles was talking about this, is we're going to get it wrong. Yeah. And that's not even okay. It's a part of the journey. Yeah, it's it's not even about it. Yeah. So how to think. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. And I think, too, when you first come to um, reading the Bible, it is a, kind of a hard skill to learn. You yeah. Know? I'm reading Leviticus. I try to read the Bible every every year, and I'm uh-huh. deep in Leviticus right now. And it's like, oh, Lord, got to yeah. get through it. <laughs> it's tough sometimes. And I think um, it can be intimidating. And you get to that point where you're like, I just want someone to tell me what this says or what to think about it. And so sometimes we don't even, we don't even want to approach those topics ourselves or we don't want to read books like Leviticus because it's just, I'm, I'm reading Exodus right now and we just went through like the ark and the temple and all the construction. I'm like, I don't want to hear any more about acacia wood. (laughs) Um, But it can be confusing and um, hard to, and challenging. And so I think like picking up a, a new skill like that can, can be hard too. I love that. I'm challenging. I, two weeks ago, I challenged our college age ministry to, to read more scripture mm-hmm. and to like hold a high value of scripture. And I talked to two girls and they were sharing, uh, two college students that, yeah, we, we've been reading scripture together and we're in uh, second or second Kings. I'm like, that's awesome. They're like, we read it together. We talk about it. If we're confused, we look at a Bible project video. I'm like, man, how's it going? They're like, honestly, the Old Testament's a little tough. <laughs> They're like Leviticus and Numbers. We were like, okay, so what does this mean? <laughs> Charles, you, if you're listening to this right now, um, we still love the Old Testament. We do. We do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 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 And and if that if you're in that space, if that is you, Charles mentioned a bunch of resources um, during his sermon, and they're all listed on our resources, our tools and resources page, both under his sermon series, under his sermon. Um, and then we also have a separate section of our website for tools and resources for understanding the Bible. Um, so you can look in any of those places if you're in that space and you're like, man, I could just really use some handholds. We also have an online course on our website called How to Read the Bible Online. And it's just a self-paced module that Chris Dolson made um, that kind of goes through and uh, teaches you those skills about how to read the Bible for yourself. So just yeah. a shout out if anybody's there. Yeah, that's helpful. As we're probably kind of turning the corner to to close this podcast, as you're speaking about Charles, I couldn't help but think, you know, on his message, how he shared the story of, of Jacob in the wilderness and how Jacob wrestled with God all night. He struggled. He wrestled with God. And this wrestling wasn't even in like a... a like a, a good, it wasn't like for good, like selfless reasons. He wanted a blessing. Yeah. And so he's wrestling with God. He's wrestling with God. And then um, in the morning, like God blessed him and he gave him, he gave him a blessing. And then he gave him a new name, Israel, which Charles talked about that, that means to wrestle or to struggle with God mm-hmm. and how that was the name that God's chosen people would be called. It wasn't the people of Jacob, it's the people of Israel, the Israelites. And they are people who who struggle with God and how the Bible says we are the new Israel. And I just think that identity that Charles was talking about is so important that as we kind of navigate perhaps the lonely parts of struggling and wrestling, because it can be very lonely. Yeah. And like, it can feel like, man, 
like your your world is is falling down. If when you go into deconstruction, that means that you're poking holes in the house that that has been built for you or that you built. That's not a fun process. Yeah. It can be scary. But I love how God knew that. And he said, that's why your name, you are the my people, the people who struggle with me. And if you're listening right now and and there are parts of the Bible, probably everyone right now, if, you, if we're honest with, our, with yourself, there's parts of the Bible that you wrestle or struggle with. And, and you might be thinking, I don't know if I'll ever believe this part. I get it. Yeah. And, and God gets it. And that's why your name is the new person who struggles with him. Because at the end of the day, like it isn't if we overcome all of our wrestling matches and struggling matches. No, it's that Christ already overcame them for us. Mm -hmm. And that if we choose to follow him, guess what? We're going to be resurrected with him. We're going to be in his kingdom. And that is a truth that nothing can take away from us. And so it's just, it was just a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad you brought that up because I, I really appreciated that part of the sermon. I think I've always been a little bit like, oh, Jacob, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. Um, yeah. But it just was a, a good like reframe. And, um, and yeah, I just, I, I hope that anyone out there listening to us right now is, is with us in that, that they, we are all people who will wrestle with God and with scripture. So, yeah. Before we wrap up, we want to let you guys know that in two weeks, we are going to have the Charles Yu on this podcast with us. And we're going to do some question and response kind of as a wrap up for this podcast series and for the sermon series. So um, please send in questions. We have an email address. It's podcast at blackhawkchurch.org. So please send us some questions. If not, you're just going to get Michael and I asking questions of Charles, and that's not as much fun as asking your questions. <laughs> no. So you can send them anonymously if you want to. You can send them and we can mention your, you can mention your name and we can give you a shout out. Um, but either way, send in your questions so we can ask Charles. We would love that. We're looking forward to that. And we're looking forward to next week's um, podcast as we talk about like what it looks like to navigate the exclusive claims of Christ. So be on the lookout for that episode. Yeah. Until then, it's been great talking with you all. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.